This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have Benny Pugh of Diverse Media. A lot of folks in his press release might say, wait, that name sounds familiar. Did I see it in the credits? He was part of and ran Rock Nation Music, the music department. We want to make sure that's clear so we don't have uh, Dame R. Uh, Jay come and say hey he did this he did that but right now what he's doing with his own platform is the now and the present and that's what we're going to really focus on so Benny welcome to the show how are you doing I'm fantastic and yourself Kellen man all is beautiful all is beautiful and man let's let's just talk about it because we just off air we started to get into it you have your own label but for those who want to say man Rock Nation I didn't see him on an, an album where's his you know big chain can you talk about how you got into music because were you just one of the lucky ones or did you put in some hard work? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Uh, my journey actually started um, during college. I uh, attended St. John's University and during um, my uh, time there and graduating, I also did uh, comedy, which was actually my entry point into music. Uh, the local promoter for Motown Records she booked me for a show at this place called The um, Cellar. And uh, at the end of the show, she asked me what I was doing. Uh, I hadn't planned my resume, put my resume together. Uh, she asked, uh, would you like to come down and intern for me? And at that point, I was like, yeah, why not? So I went down to Motown Records uh, and realized like prior to that, I had a very extensive background in sales. So I sold um, cutlery door-to-door, -door. I sold fax machines, I worked for Citibank, sold their financial products, um, and also drove limousines and a host of other different jobs while I was in college. So when I went to Motown, for me, the uniform that I was used to was, um, for interviews, was a three-piece suit, uh, anti-shake case, and wingtips. So when I walked into Motown at that point, uh, realizing music is a different animal, different culture everybody looked at me like was he is he the fbi <laughs> right because it's a very relaxed and casual environment but um me once again being prepared uh for the opportunity or preparing for the opportunity i prepared to get the job and that's why uh, you know i decided to wear the uniform that i knew best so once i got into motown um realizing um that the opportunity to be in the music business was, was very special. The uh, woman who brought me in at that point um, assigned me to doing her expenses. And at that point, I never knew what expenses were. So I was correlating, um, you know, the receipts, doing the account receivables and all of those things and asked her um, very sheepishly because I got embarrassed putting all these checks together and in huge amounts of money coming in that I didn't feel comfortable knowing what she made. And she said, no, honey, uh, this is my paycheck. This is my expense. And I was like, wow, what's an expense? And she said, well, you know, all the food that I eat, all of the uh, drinks that I have, uh, the airline tickets, the train tickets, my car note, my insurance, my cell bill, my cable bill, the record label pays for me. And I was like, wow, really? 
And at that point is when I fell in love with the business of music. Well, the business of music. Now, that's the part that artists still are, they're just getting. Since you have done music, you know, for over a decade, we say two decades, right? I always say let's round up because we about to go into that. Um, how is it that the artist's education, you know, a lot of folks think the labels rob the artists, but is it not up for the artists to have education and to make those moves, especially, you know, you're more, um, adult artist you know you are behind the scenes and i'm sure you're one of the people people sometimes would point fingers at but can you talk about the business of music and what young musicians at 14 need to know that some of their older you know counterparts at 44 <laughs> haven't received so the best way to answer that and is multiple ways of receiving it is it's business as a whole just once you understand business any nuanced business that you go into is a different flavor, right? Like Baskin Robbins, um, they make ice cream, but there are different flavors in there. But the basis of making ice cream, sugar, cream, that's consistent. So if you're applying for any business or going into any business, you need to learn the nuances and mechanisms that makes that business work. And if you don't arm and prepare yourself, there'll be shortcomings that will happen regardless if it's music, regardless if it's tech, regardless if it's engineering, regardless if it's um, medicine, et cetera. So what's happened along the way uh, with technology has actually made it more uh, transparent for anyone entering into the music business to have a better understanding because there's a, con con a direct connection with the consumer. There's a, con a, a direct connection with the distributor. Before um, years past, you would only be able to sell your music by going through one of the chain stores. You can actually go to the store and upload your music and sell to a consumer yourself, right? If you take the time to do the research and figure out how to do those things, which isn't that complex. So in answering your question, uh, it is up to the individual to become a student of the business that they choose to be in so that they can make the best informed decisions or ask the appropriate questions that are gonna help maneuver them through um, the success that they wanna ultimately gain. And with, you know, that knowledge, um, are there any books that you like or, you know, maybe there's a consulting package or maybe that's why you've created the label so you can take those who you feel like sewing into and say, let me take you under my umbrella. But any, you know, research that you can give folks and before they contact you that they need to have to be successful in this business, please share. So there's, I mean, the one-on-one book is everything you need to know about the music business. Two, you should, you should have um, an IQ, um, as I said, in business, uh, in this particular business, the music business, billboard, trade magazines, right? You can just Google contracts. You can Google um, royalties. You can Google, you know, what's a fair deal. You can Google, you know, top five stylists in public. These are just information that, that's readily available at, at, at your fingertips to get, get yourself immersed. Also too, what's important is, is developing a team. And ultimately, how do you do that? Um, 
as an artist, you are now the CEO of, of your corporation or of yourself. So in doing so, what's, what's the first steps? Um, probably contacting a good attorney, um, also as well as looking at someone who has knowledge of finances and, a, a, and the accounting source of, of such. And then at, at that point, looking out uh, from the creative aspect on creating your art and, and actually pulling it all together to make yourself commercial and viable. Okay, I love that 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 team. I, so, Benny, you don't know this, but I'm a consultant. I'm a publicist. Whatever you know, I play whatever position, but I handle money. And folks sometimes ask me, "Why are you so expensive?" I say, "Because I'm gonna be a crucial member of your team, and these are people who have the means, of course." Can you tell them what they should look for? Because if I say it, I'm biased, right? What should they look for in receiving that lawyer, um, that CPA, that business? manager you know their publicist what are some of the you know things that you think that those people all need to have uh first competency right <laughs> it, it sounds you know it sounds very rudimentary but it's but it's uh it's important so if you're going to negotiate uh, a deal with a record label or or a distributor or a production company your lawyers shouldn't be concentrated in textiles, right? You want somebody who's actually in that business, knows how an attorney that's in that business, knows how the business works, know all the trappings, understand how the landscape works, and also has relationships and connections to develop and grow and build, all right? You don't want somebody who's... Um, relationship less, which may happen, but have no aptitude to understanding on how the business actually works. And that applies as well in the, in the financial sector as well in dealing with, um, with uh, the music industry, having someone who understands how royalties work, right? How the, the mechanicals work, how, you know, in essence, um, how you truly get paid. Okay. It, and so with this new label that you've created, and it's also a distribution arm, and if, for folks who say, well, doesn't every label have a di distribution arm? Um, no, <laughs> you know, so their distribution was its own thing. You guys remember Selecto Hits? Shout out to, to them back in the day, if you can go back that far. But can you talk about why your new label is, you know, going to be different? I'm super excited about it is because we give the artists the freedom to maintain their masters. Um, I also have an artist that's signed directly to Diverse, which we're launching this summer. Her name is Paris Gatlin, an amazing artist from Jackson, Mississippi. She's um, someone to watch out for. And uh, she has um, an incredible, incredible voice, um, not seen in, in, in decades, to be quite honest with you, and a unique style and flair about her artistry and her music. Uh, we have some some important Grammy Award producers that are going to be working on it, and we are now curating it. So what what gives what gives someone an opportunity to come with me, and as opposed to going to um, a major, is you get the opportunity to talk to me directly. You get the opportunity of my Rolodex to help you. You get the opportunity of me making calls um, for you. I'm not just an uploading um, a funnel which we do offer that, you know, and licensing deals. But um, if you are very special in particular, you know, I will invest in your career 
myself. And, and obviously, just like I stated earlier, you know, we can determine what the business is going to be like favorable for all. I, I, I love it. I love it. Now, with the label and the distribution, and, and you said something that was key. want to make sure folks caught that because most people are listeners to this. We, we shoot for your visual, but, you know, the thousands and thousands are, are listeners um, majority owning your masters that's like a bank saying we're going to give you a loan and not charge you interest so how do you make that work and why did you decide to do that well it's it's important um think of the masters the value of the masters if the masters have value because i think a lot of people get um caught up in owning your masters but if you can't exploit the master it it really has no value right it's just like owning a house worth $10 million, but you can never sell it, <laughs> right? If there's no audience um, for people just because you state a value on it. So ultimately, um, a lot of it is contingent on betting on yourself. If you feel that, guess what? The upside for me for owning my master's is because I, one, I know how the business works. Two, I can market and brand myself. Three, um, I can bankroll this until the cows come home, then you might not be a person for a label and owning your entire entity is very valuable to you. But if you're someone who needs help from one aspect or another, um, because you're a novice or guess what, you may not have um, gone to the level you thought you were uh, um, during being in a past relationship at a past situation, that why not share in on the profits with someone who's going to help and give you the exploit exploitation to make you a star. So individuals have to make the best decisions for them and not just get caught up into, you know, cause I heard so-and-so retain their masters and so-and-so didn't retain their masters that, you know, and you don't know what's truth and fiction, right? Like you don't know what's fiction and nonfiction in the middle because no one actually throws up their paperwork of what their deal and their structures are. So I, I think we take the conversation all the way back to once again, be informed, be educated, take the time to learn this business because it's a business that can be fruitful and rewarding if you take the time to learn. Definitely. And um, when you talk about, you know, masters, he was being nice about it. I tell you guys, cause we talked to, you know, all type of creatives and the recent, plug is hey can you take my music or my art and make it like an nft i said but who cares about your art like who cares about your masters if you know you're not even registered on you know <laughs> if you're not hitting somewhere who cares about owning your masters you own nothing Thing. Uh, Correct. yeah you know actually i'll trade you an nft for your masters uh if you guys ever want to swap and want to you know give it up but i i love that now on your website and you guys links are in the description, no matter where you're listening or watching, you have, you know, some tools for them in case someone says, well, I want to learn more, tell them what on impact is. And if they pre-order what they can learn from buying that. So on impact is um, my first book that I'm releasing and uh, impact is in stands for an acronym is intuition, mastery, pivot, authenticity, communication, and teamwork. And it's an inspiration, motivational business book that brings you through my journey at 11 years old to now being on the Kellen show. 
right? And how did I come to this? Uh, I was in a near-death car accident, um, 831, 2014, um, where I hit a tree at um, 90 miles an hour and I sustained um, injuries um, to my body from a massive concussion, L3, L4, vertebrae fracture, bulging disc in my back, um, blood, uh, bled out half the, the blood in my body, lacerated my liver, and uh, we hit the tree so hard that, um, you know, it severed two feet of my small intestine. And from that came a book that was born on impact. So it takes you through my journey. And in each chapter gives the reader an opportunity to see how in, in controversy, as well as in success, how I've done it. And if I can do it, you can do it too. So I want some of y'all to rewind that part back, go about 30 seconds back, because you could, I find that a lot of times, you know, especially when people get around 25 and up, they start trying to discredit somebody or that person made it because they're lucky. But the fact that you have had so much, you know, from selling knives to, you know, running labels and, and being part of such greatness and then to have that happen and then to bounce back, like you look good, healthy, like you're ready to go play some tennis right now. And so God, God, he's good. And everything isn't negative. Like this is one of those good stories where if you would have died, and somebody telling your story, it might get more sensationalism, you know, former rock nation, this and that, you know, and it's like, but that you have a testimony and you can really talk and preach and teach about it. Folks are like, well, they try to then discredit it. So how long did it take you to bounce back? And what was going through your mind during that recovery? So it was interesting. I was in, in the hospital um, for two weeks and it, I had to... Um, actually learning how to walk again, right? Just the mechanics mm. of, of movement, it shows a lot. But what I realized and what I didn't say, and let me go back a second, um, when, when, when that was presented, when I actually saw the moment happening between um, when we left um, my friend's house to uh, the impact of the tree is why the book is titled On Impact. I uh, spent probably like three minutes in a car without a driver because my, my friend was out conscious. So through my mind at this point, I realized there was, there was uh, three things that were viable. Uh, the first thing that I've always been taught is, is to speak to God. So when you realize the first thing I said to him was, God, I guess I'm not going to see my family anymore because I'd seen everyone in my family in the last week from my mom, my sister, my dad, my mother has Alzheimer's. Um, my sisters and my only sibling, uh, my sons, my daughters, um, and realized like that moment is now real. Second thing was you deal with your mortality. And I realized that, you know what? God, I guess I'm going to see you soon because you start thinking about how it ends because I'm in the moment. I'm watching this happen and it's cars racing. Third thing, I got angry with God because had I known at that moment, 
um, I was going to die, I wouldn't have went to the cookout, right? <laughs> Needless to say, right, if you know what's going to happen, I'm good that day, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I got angry with God, and I realized that um, there were so many things left in my life that I hadn't done, and so many things that I need to do different. So coming out of the accident itself and the pain and in the crash and, you know, the physical and the mental on the recovery road was principles that I live by, right? Never going to go to bed angry, never going to hold anything against anybody, us as they say, right? And uh, for the most part, um, dedicate my time to my God, my family, my friends, and all those that I can help along the way. Uh, in the recovery process, uh, from the physical aspect, it, it, it became challenging realizing that I wasn't the person that I used to be, but that person actually died in that tree and was reborn. So mm-hmm. I don't look at what was, I look at what is and what's going to be, right? Because if it was, you know, you're not going to miss anything that was, that's for you. And obviously it wasn't for me to die that day. The purpose of me living, we're now going to understand as we see, as I live moving forward. Now, here, here's a question nobody else will ask you. I'm, I guarantee. Okay. But I want to know before that, had you repented and were you living in a place where if you would have died, you could have said, you know what, I'm confident. I'm going to make my father proud and get that, you know, pat on the, the back and be entered into the gates. Were you already there or did you say, you know what, I, I, I got to also get some repentance and make sure these relationships are right before I go because of this impact? Um, I'm, I'm a believer. Mm. Um, I'm a Christian. Um, my life is definitely work in progress. I don't want you to look at me and go, you know what? Aha! I saw Benny with a drink. <laughs> Yo, right? <laughs> Yo, so now I got a drink, right? <laughs> I don't want that, right? right? Obviously, um, you know, the walk with Christ is important and, and him holding my hand as I'm holding his back and him helping me get through all the challenges in my life is what I lived then and amplify now, right? So, and more importantly um, for me, uh, at that point, I did repent. So I, cause I had an opportunity to repent. It wasn't like instantaneously. I saw it happening, unfolding as that moment was creating. So as I said earlier, my discipline is first. And that's what discipline is important because that kicks in. What you practice every day will sustain you every day and beyond for the rest of your life because now is habit. So given the opportunity, yes, that was the first thing, as in the conversation I said to you, I spoke to God. That was the first thing I did, realizing I'm going to die. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just want people to, to like even think in their own life. People always say, oh, yeah, I'm ready, especially when you're in the church house. But when you are really put in a position where like, could I have done better? You know, we all say we could do better, but. I've met few people. I want to say that though. I don't want to yeah. interrupt you. Yes, yeah. I can do better. Yeah. I'm 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 broken like everyone else trying to heal. Yeah. So it's not about this perfect person emulence of anything, man. I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm building, even at this age, right? There's so much more to learn and so much more to grow that I want to get all of it 
right? So yeah. now I have an opportunity to do what? Thank you for bringing me to your show. Pass it on. So as I heal as, as a man, as a father, as a friend, right? And as I develop and grow, there's benefits with that. Because now I walk and talk differently, act differently, teach differently, preach differently, right? And be a part of conversations differently because I understand. I love it. I love it. When he says this age, I know you guys are saying, but he's only 31. You know, he just started. Yeah. You know, the black don't crack if you take care of it. So I, I, I love that. Now, with the success that you have had in the former life and in the new life, in the rebirth, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? So I'm a part of um, the prison fellowship um, uh, board which is the largest um, board and um, found foundation in, in the country for, for um, second offenders. So, you know, we're an organization that uh, is Christian based and we are preached, you know, the word of Jesus in the, in, in the prisons, as well as supply um, education, um, Bibles, um, you know, mentoringship, uh, all of those organizations. It's amazing. Prisonfellowship.com. Anybody can go and contribute and help uh, in 50 states uh, in the continental U.S. Uh, so that's one aspect. Um, I have my own mentoring program, which um, I have uh, uh, close to like 10 or 12 um, individuals that I mentor weekly on on helping them move forward that range in various different uh, businesses and, and backgrounds from, you know, um, doctors to uh, professional um, executives um, to college students to just just kids that, you know what, um, need help as well. I'm also um, on a board that we are um, being that I'm a part of that uh, looking at developing schools um, for uh, Ethiopian girls to give them the help and, and opportunities um, to move past, uh, just, you know, a restricted life and, and, uh, organization is, is, is things are laid out for them. I, I love it. I love it. And you said a key word, um, Ethiopia. So yes, Ethiopia. Salam and Amasaganalo to you, Benny, for helping out Ethiopia and, 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 you know, really putting it, um, putting it down. Um, does your, you know, Afrobeats is a big thing. Um, music, African music has always been a big thing for those of us who've known. Do you have any um, plans or any African artists signed or to expand over there to the continent since it's the now and the future? Um, not at this point. It's always been ex exciting to me and intriguing to me um, to touch the continent. I went uh, in 2018 and um, went to Lagos and, and it was the first time ever touching down and, you know, the glory and the spirituality and the difference, man, both in the beauty of, of what it is and also the despair of what it is, right? Like you can't glorify it without dealing with it either, right? Because when you go and you see the extreme wealth, but then you see like diseases that are eradicated everywhere else that's still a prominent there that there's a lot of work and there's a big dichotomy between how people live um on the continent right versus anywhere else in the world uh so it's so it's important for me moving forward in the music aspect and was super excited 
about getting there and seeing the richness of it is one to build properly, right? It's about having a foundation first. So as I grow and develop here, um, outreach and connections um, around the globe are very important to me. Okay. And you, what made you go to Nigeria and go enjoy that soya or suya as you Nigerians say, Cameroonians say soya, but um, yeah. What, what made you, you know, take that jump? When I was um, uh, at my last job, I was, I was um, thinking about how we, how we move the company into, you know, a global perspective and, and as being an, an African, an African-American led company is like, let's touch, let's just go see what it was. So it was an exploratory thing that reaped a lot of benefits um, for, for all of us. Out of that came, I don't know if you know, Casanova. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Casanova, his video was actually shot in Nigeria. He's probably the first rapper ever in the history of rap to have two live hyenas in his video, right? In Africa, right? Just period. <laughs> So it's it it um it it definitely sparked a lot of a lot of interest and creativity and and just to see the dynamic of of what's untapped uh on the continent. Okay. And and for those of you who are gonna say, you're telling, why didn't you tell him? Relax. He said rappers, and we're gonna put American rappers on that. I know you guys are gonna come out with some, you know, legendary artists like Petty Pei or Brenda Fosse and sell me. But remember when she did it first, Kellen? It's on VHS. I'm the only one who has a copy on VCD. I get it, but that's a big deal that now we're just connecting that yeah. the, the yeah, I, I, I love it. I love it. Um, how can people, you know, I don't want to say reach out to you, but if they say, you know what, I, I, I pre-ordered the book. I want to pitch my music I, or I want to join that mentorship that you said. And I want to apply because he's not taking everybody, people. It might be invite only, but how can they reach out if they have a good product? Always respond on my website, BennyPugh.com, or you can um, send me an email at diverse-media.com. And, and we'll, uh, that's my, my official website, and uh, we'll get it moving. Man, you guys have got the game. Any more, you're going to have to, you know, hit them up, contact them, because I'm going to take the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get the book. Get the book. Will it, will it, is it already um, ready for Amazon, or is it just pre-order on your pre-order, site at this pre-order, point? Pre-order on my site now. Um, we'll, we'll be releasing uh, late, winter, early, um, uh, top, of, uh, top of 2022. Awesome. Well, you guys know where you heard it first. Taking that conversation offline. <laughs> Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.